Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Nice article in the Managing Madrid uh, blog. Uh, wonderful lads that do a great job there. And worth reading about that man there. Karim Benzema needs to rest and the numbers reveal why. ended up almost looking like a 6-3-1. Some very good writing about that on the Managing Madrid website. Frustrate podcast as well. Pere Valverde was a huge part of the equation. Hello and welcome to the first episode of 2023 of the Managing Madrid podcast. Happy New Year to everybody, wherever you're tuning in from. Hope you're all safe. Hope you're all healthy. Hope you're all nice and warm and snug and cozy wherever you are in the world. And I am your host, Kian Subani, and we're bringing in the new year with Lucas Navarrete, on an episode of El Dia Después, of course, two days after the game itself. Two days? No, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Three days. Three days yeah, three late, days. Lucas. We're three days late. But that is the nature of uh, New Year's weekend. Lucas, how you doing, man? Happy New Year. I'm doing fine. Thanks. Happy New Year to you and to, to all the listeners as well. Hope you have a good one. Did you do anything on New Year's Eve? No. No, no, no. I just had dinner with the family and all that, and uh, pretty much went back went back home right after the the bells rang. You lasted for the midnight. I did not. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's pretty much mandatory to, to do that here in in Spain. I know it's not that big of a deal in, in North America. When I lived there, it wasn't that big of a deal, but it's pretty much mandatory here in Spain to at least well, watch the the twelve last seconds of the of the year and and eat those those grapes that it's uh, the tradition here the grapes are a great tradition but i mean to be (coughs) fair midnight in spain is basically like breakfast in canada you guys are awake anyway it doesn't matter (laughs) doesn't matter if it's new year's or not yeah it's pretty much the time i i usually go to bed it's pretty much that time yeah we were invited to a few parties and we were just i i was like i don't think so i think we we just had a dinner with my dinner with the kids and the wife Put them to bed, and I wanted to just wake up super early and go to the gym before the big rush. And I did that successfully, and I was super happy with that. Just treating like another day. But another year has passed, and another year is upon us. And 
The 2022 calendar year for Real Madrid was phenomenal, unbelievable, fantastic. You know, Lucas, you and I also had the privilege of watching this Champions League run up close. You had a lot of the home games. I did the away games. And it was just so magical to take in. And uh, yeah, we were, we were so lucky and privileged to be in that position. And, and even if you're watching from home, just I'm sure you guys were all losing your mind watching all the special moments on TV. If I could go back and relive it for the first time, I would. Everything from yeah. Benzema's goals in Stamford Bridge to Rodrigo, the brace against Manchester City, just to experience that for the first time again. Uh, you know, if you just the fact that we were able to witness that was was really special. So we're going to start 2023, Lucas, with a bang. A game against <laughs> uh, Casareño. Is it Casareño or is it, am I, am I even pronouncing that correctly? <coughs> yeah, Casareño, really. Yeah, it's pretty much the same. Yeah. What a game to start the new year with. Uh, we had a open training session open to the public this morning at Valdebebas, or more like afternoonish, but around lunchtime or so. And then you had the Carlo Ancelotti post-game quotes after. That's all up on managingmajor.com. Lucas and I will speak about that. Before we jump into that, Lucas, what is lingering on your mind from the win over Valladolid on Friday? Anything? I think it was great to to start uh, the this, this second half of the season with that kind of win. Real Madrid obviously struggled. It wasn't an easy game. It wasn't the the most encouraging of games, if you will. But uh, I I thought it was great to for once being able to 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 get those three points and obviously even better when when Barcelona weren't able to beat the Spanish. Uh, the following day, so Real Madrid are back uh, level with Barcelona, and pretty much there's nothing more you could hope for from that uh, first game after after the World Cup break. We all knew it was going to be a banana peel game. We all knew it was going to be tough for Madrid to to play with composure and and with fire and intensity after after such a long break. But in the end, uh, the three points, uh, Real Madrid got the three points and that's pretty much all that matters and even more so with with Barcelona uh, dropping points. Pretty much in a, in, a, in a surprising way, if you will, against Espanyol. I didn't expect them to, to, to drop points at home against Espanyol and the Real Madrid definitely can take those and it'll be interesting to watch the, the second half of the season. I, especially the way that Barca-Espanol game started, I did not see Espanol squeaking, squeaking it with a draw there. As the game progressed, I started to kind of talk myself into like, okay, Espanol are somehow keeping this at 1-0. Maybe this shit housed their way into, <laughs> into a 1-1. And then you just kind of see like Barca kind of lost their intensity after, Chavi said yeah. after the first 20 minutes, I think that's the way he worded it. Uh, I just thought that as the half wore on, they kind of lost a bit of their bite. And at the same time, they just missed some great chances too. And Lewandowski um, did not have a very good game in front of goal. And then Espanyol just worked their way into a victory. And I also want to say, like, I don't even want to say his name anymore, Lucas, because I feel like saying his name gives him attention that he wants. <laughs> but a man we should not, we sh- shall be remain nameless because he does not deserve any attention. Thinks he's the main character of all these games that he goes yeah. to. He thinks the entire, he thinks everyone buys a ticket to the door for him. And look, I, the thing is, if that's what he wants, he's getting it. He's winning. He's laughing at all of us uh, complaining about him on Twitter. He's winning. This is what he wants. I think, I think he wants. Uh, so 
I don't know if this is true or not because it came from the sport uh, paper. They said that it was the 19 minutes of, of stoppage in that game is the most in history that they've recorded in La Liga. I don't know if that's true or not, but whether it's true or not doesn't matter because there's a lot of stoppage. Um, Sid Lowe, who was pitch side in that game, tweeted something to the effect of like, during the entire time, he managed to, to piss off everyone during the stoppage and managed to not explain anything to anyone. And, and on top of that, actually got angry at people like who like the because the guy who got the red card who was it, it was a Cab, uh, Cabrera I think or I don't remember who Cabrera was. yes yes yeah. number four yeah Cabrera when he rescinds the red card uh, Sid Lowe was tweeting that he did it like not in an 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 apologetic manner he did it with anger yeah. he's like I'm taking your yeah. red card yeah, away yeah, 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 I thought yeah, it was yeah. hilarious yeah, yeah, yeah. the whole thing is hilarious anyways <laughs> yeah. he's become part of the show. He's become part of the show, whether you like, whether we like it or not. I'm not a fan of him either. I think he, those antics you're mentioning and 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 his usual antics during the games, are useless. It's not uh, it's not helping him or or helping the the, the rest of the referee crew. Uh, keeping control of the game, I think it's it's frustrating players even more. The way he talks to them, the way he tries to keep uh, his authority over them, is uh, I'm not a fan. I've never been a fan of of Mateo Laos. He's a style of refereeing I'm okay with. Like I feel like he lets the game flow a little bit more than other referees usually. Like his tendency to call fouls for example is one I particularly like he lets and he allows physical play more in a Premier League style if you will but uh, other than that his antics are, are pretty much uh, regrettable and, and despicable for me I, I I just don't enjoy him at all and he knew as you mentioned he he knows he's part of the show now and he knows he was the center of attention when he uh, when the when the stoppage time was announced uh, later in the second half he added one more minute and he know he knew the cameras were on him and he's uh, just, just part of the show uh, he's become part of the show and I'm not a fan of that and hopefully he, uh, it's not that I uh, wish him to retire already, and I, I want nothing wrong to happen with his career and all that. But big games for him should not uh, should not be happening, in my opinion. I don't want I don't want him and his show being a part and or potentially deciding a trophy by the end of the year. If he retires, he's going to just immediately get a job on TV. And <clears throat> absolutely. And so absolutely. In, in that sense, like. From a branding perspective, what he's doing is working because he's made a name for himself yeah. that like a lot of referees out after their they retire, they're not gonna have like a career of like being a star. This guy's yeah. this guy's got it. It's funny because you say he lets stuff go, but in the last two games, like this and then the, the Netherlands Argentina game, he's basically given out a combined 800 red cards and 300 yellow yeah, cards that's right. over the course of 180 <laughs> minutes. There was there was a there was a, a part where they were waiting for the VAR review and the camera just is on him and nothing else. And he's just standing in front of the camera and looking at the crowd. Watching, yeah. Knowing fully where he is in the, in the screen. And he's just looking out like he's Brad Pitt from Troy. Like he's just completely <laughs> just basking in the moment. Like 
He yeah. wins. We, we're part of the problem too. He won. He got a segment on this podcast. He he's winning. All right. I I I kind of re- revisited the Vallejo lead game and uh, went through some of the numbers and rewatched some of the stuff as I always do because I write about it later, like a few days after. And um, I came away thinking like it was a it was a deserved solid performance that wasn't great. And we struggled for large parts. Courtois had two great saves. But I think when you reflect on it, we deserved the victory. We created enough chances. In that first half, we had the Benzema, the Benzema chance. We had another one outside of that. I forget what it was. I think it was the Rudiger header. We had that penalty that yeah. should, have, should have been called that wasn't, wasn't called. And then um, we, we limited Espanyol to, to not great chances. I mean, even those two Courtois saves, they weren't huge, clear-cut chances. But they were just great strikes and great efforts from the respective um, uh, strikers. And I thought it was a good performance. I, I don't think it was great, but all things considered, away stadium, yeah, solid performance from the home team. First game back after the World Cup. Got it done. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Yeah, all things considered, as you mentioned, it was, I'm fine with the performance, but best the best thing about it is that Real Madrid were able to get the three points none of that would have worked and i don't think none of us would feel this this way about the performance had real madrid not uh scored those two goals late in the game i i thought valladolid had uh, too many very good scoring chances for my taste those those couple saves from from Curto, obviously one of, of a set piece um there's pretty much nothing you can do about that in terms of defending overall but um, I think it was uh, Real Madrid were kind of uh, lucky to get uh, this win because when when the game was already entering this uh, this 75th minute mark or something like that, I wasn't I wasn't predicting or expecting Real Madrid to turn things around and and being able to to get the three points. But as you mentioned, it was also fair because I thought the the first penalty that wasn't called was should have been uh, given for sure considering the the track record we have. Uh, this season with Asensio against uh, Granada or Almeria, I think it was. So I think uh, ultimately it was fair for Real Madrid to get the three points here. Yeah. Um, anything else that you want to talk about from that game? I, I know you and I were probably ha- pretty ha- happy with the Camavinga thing because yeah. you and I are huge Camavinga agenda pushers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Camavinga was great. I think. And on the other hand, Valverde was a bit disappointing, in my opinion. Obviously, I agree. I think he needs. Uh, he. It's strange because we all know and probably believe that Valverde is more comfortable as a central midfielder than on the right wing. But track record so far this season has shown him to be a bit more comfortable on the right side. So it's obviously one game after the break and nothing to 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 panic or nothing to to be worried about. But I thought Valverde was a bit disappointed and invisible during that that during this game. And Valverde, I and Camavinga ultimately was uh, very very encouraging to see him uh, playing and breaking lines and all that. I just. I know that everyone's excited about his potential coming off the bench and, and changing the course of the game for Real Madrid. But on the other hand, you you have to wonder that maybe Real Madrid should give this guy chances to start in 10 straight games. I know that's obviously tough because of the of the of how deep Real Madrid are with uh, with Modric and Cross, but until we see that from him, until we 
kind of have that sample size from him. As a starter, we will never know whether he's uh, uh, capable of being a starter right now or not. Everyone keeps saying that uh, he's better as a, as a super sub. I might agree, but we have pretty much no track record from him uh, featuring starting lineup consistently, you know, getting a consistent run of, uh, of chances uh, of making to the starting lineup. So... I have to wonder what will what would happen with him. Had he, were he going to get the chance of of starting in I don't know five consecutive games, if you will. Yeah, uh, just a no, a quick note on Fede that you touched on very quickly. Um, I I think Fede's performance had less to do with positioning and that it was just the first back game back mm-hmm. after the World Cup and like yeah. We can say well, some players' first game back after the World Cup was quite good. For example, Kamavinga, who we just spoke about. Uh, but I also just kind of expected, I I just, in my brain, I, I kind of yeah, almost yeah. scheduled it. I was like, okay, first game back, my expectations are going to be reasonable. I'm going to expect World Cup dip. And if they outperform and they play well, first game back, it's a bonus for me. That That's just the way I looked at it. So I, I'm just kind of like, okay, with anyone performing badly in the first game, uh, maybe my standards are lower than other people's, but I just kind of expected it. So I think Fatty will be fine. I He'll be fine. Um, yeah, on the other on the other hand, I also think that it will not be realistic or fair to expect to, to expect him to play at the level he was playing before the before the break. I don't know if that was real or not. It's, it was obviously real, but I don't know if that was sustainable uh, during the course of an entire season of an entire half of the season, if you will. And he he will obviously be better, much better than he was against Valladolid, and he'll be somewhere close to what he was uh, doing before the break, but expecting that kind of performances on a consistent basis from him might be unrealistic and even a bit unfair at this point. Yeah, he'll be back. And also, if we get if we get Benzema scoring again, it, it's going to be it's huge because we didn't have that in the first half yeah. of the season for various reasons, injury, form, etc., and I don't, I don't even think he was great against Valladolid. But when, if yeah. you can be not great but score two goals, that's a great sign for me. And he was very involved. Yeah, like absolutely. Matt and I spoke about it. He had a lot of touches on the ball. He had a lot of shots. Yeah, he was present, and I'm, I'm totally he, okay with him not being perfect. Yeah, his performance, accuracy aside, uh, was um, was great in my opinion. Well, maybe not great, but was more than good in in my opinion. And it was one. It reminded me. It reminded me a little bit of the of that game against Shakhtar earlier this season, where he wasn't scoring and he was struggling in front of goal. But overall, his contribution on the offensive front was pretty good pretty good uh, fairly 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 good i think maybe not great definitely because obviously benzema is a ballon d'or and, and he can do much better than what he did against valladolid but better than good in my opinion um on kamavinga because this is a this is a pretty relevant discussion right now on social media and i put out a clip i don't know if you saw about like where i kind of signed and come saying on kamavinga starting or not and I and I said I was okay with him coming off the bench because he's such a game changer off the bench. A couple of people disagree with me, and I'm and I'm totally okay if you want to disagree with that. I I actually think it's a great idea to to start him, as you said, for ten games straight and just let him get that continuity and rhythm. I also think that him coming off the bench is kind of just for for this part of his Real Madrid career right now. That's it. Yeah. Naturally, the conversation is if you start him, you if you're going to start him for 10 games straight, let's say, then one of 
then I, I would assume you, cause you can't bench Fede. You put Fede on the right wing. And then that means you bench one of Modric or Cruz and you're not benching Cruz because Cruz, Cruz is probably playing the best football of his career. And then you're benching Modric because not because Modric is bad, but because he's on older legs and he could use some break and stuff. And then, and I suppose if it comes down to that, then, then that's something that Carlo has to decide. I, I would say that you're not going to bench Modric for 10 games straight. That's for sure. But you could rotate between benching one of Modric Cruz and resting one or the other. But again, I, I, I just don't see that being a thing right now with Modric and Cruz still here. But I, I think this is just, he's 20 years old. I still don't see that this, there's a rush with, with this right now because he's still being an important player. The game state just has suited him coming off the bench in various roles, whether it's with what he did with France in the World Cup final in a position he's absolutely not comfortable in or in a game like this or the games in the Champions League. It just he can do so much damage off the bench in those situations that I'm I just don't see that they're they're being a rush right now with starting him week in, week out when when he's just making such an impact off the bench. That's right, that's right, and that's fair. But on the other hand, maybe you have a pretty good chance of giving him uh, the chance to feature in the starting lineup for two, even three straight games now. Sure, like obviously tomorrow against Cacereño is. I, I have to assume that he will start. Uh, maybe he wouldn't have he been important for for France in the World Cup, but I think he will start tomorrow. I don't think I don't think until the ones uh, to to experiment there. Even though obviously Cross and Modric are already staying at home for this game, <clears throat> and also the the Spanish Super Cup is coming up. Maybe you don't want him to play in the final against. Barcelona, if Real Madrid obviously managed to advance to uh, in the semifinals, and Barcelona also knock out Atletico in the other semifinals, but at, at least two games, one against Cacereño and and the other one against Valencia in the first in the semifinal of the Spanish Super Cup, you might good, uh, get a good chance of of giving him the the opportunity to feature in the starting lineup. Um, well, let's talk about that game tomorrow. From the horse's mouth. Ancelotti himself has said these players will not play tomorrow. Courtois and Carvajal, partly down to they have slight issues, um, injury-related. They won't play. He's not going to give any minutes to Cruz, Alaba, Benzema, Vinicius, or Mendy. Uh, and then we also know four Castilla players have been called up. Sergio Arribas, Nico Paz, Marvel, and Alvaro Rodriguez. Four players who I'm really high on, especially the, the first two, Arribas and Nico Paz, I'd love to see, even from the start. But... It's interesting because he he said this is, I mean, the way he worded it, maybe maybe he didn't mean to word it this way, but he also said, he literally said, I won't give minutes to Cruz, Alaba, Benzema, Vinicius, so Mendy, which indicates that, I don't know what that indicates. If, if, the, if the game is on the line and Real Madrid are somehow losing this game in the 80th minute, he's not going to bring these players on. Or, or, or in that situation, obviously, maybe it's an exception and he has to throw his words out the window. But I'd like him, I'd like to make the case that I think Arribas and Nico Paz, or at the very least, Arribas should start. And my reasoning behind this is that we've seen it in so many years in the past where Real Madrid tried to take this game seriously by playing their starters because they don't want to risk it. And it completely backfires because the starters are just not getting up for it. So that's one thing. Uh, I think the benefit of playing like an Arribas or a Nico Paz in this game is that they play with hunger. They want to prove something. So they're not going to come out kind of lackadaisical. They're not going to come out, you know, 
not yeah. hungry enough or like, oh, this is just the third division team. You know, I'm not going to take this seriously. They're going. This is like the level that they're used to. Plus, they're surrounded with even better players in the team. I think. I think it's. I think this is the game you play them. It's now or never. I know. I don't know about Nico Paz, but Arribas, I probably expect uh, maybe to to start. <laughs> Hazard will probably start on the left wing, given that Ancelotti said it. Uh, after the the game in Valladolid, he announced that Hazard will play uh, tomorrow. Yeah. So uh, I I could see Arribas on the right wing and maybe either Asensio or Rodrigo up front. I, it would be somewhat disappointing to me to see both Rodrigo and Asensio starting tomorrow. In my opinion, I would probably start Asensio as a false nine tomorrow, with Arribas on the right and Hazard on the left. That's probably what I should do. What I would do. Sorry. And uh, I think I don't know about Nico Paz. Maybe Ancelotti doesn't. Maybe Ancelotti prefers to give him the opportunity to play later in the game, if neither or if Real Madrid have built a, a solid lead. But Arribas, I can see a start, you know, and I think he's ready for it. I think he's better than than the opposition tomorrow. It's usually not the case with some of these Castilla players during the first uh, round of the Copa del Rey, but I think Arribas is more than ready to face uh, Cacereño, and I think Real Madrid will not uh, lack any kind of uh, presence from either Rodrigo or Asensio against Cacereño. And as you mentioned, Rivas guarantees uh, the hunger aspect of the of the game against Cacereño tomorrow. So I could see him starting, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Mariano also not making the squad because of his ankle injury yeah. helps create some room for, for a player like that. And I, I suppose it depends on maybe if Ancelotti wants to go with an, a false nine type player. Casaribas can play a little deeper, or if he wants to go more of a like for like um strike for striker in that sense, maybe Alvaro Rodriguez will get the nod. Alvaro can play on the left wing, but a striker is his, like, you know, that's his best position. So I suppose it depends on the fit he wants to go for. But yeah, I would I would love to see these Castilla players in these games really high on these players. And <clears throat> uh, I think it's a it's a good situation for them to step in. Going over the starting lineup. Do you want to do you want to make some predictions on on what we'll see tomorrow? Lunin will obviously will obviously start in 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 the goal. I think we we can probably see minutes from from Odirozola on the right wing. Maybe Ancelotti saves uh, Lucas Vázquez, who is his main backup, for for a more uh, big opportunity, more uh, for a bigger game. I think Odirozola is also more than ready to face Cacereño, so he can probably play. And the center back, one of them will will surely be Nacho. And I don't think, I think maybe Vallejo is given the opportunity to start as well. Both Militao and Rudiger made the list, but uh, maybe Nacho will be needed on the left on the left side of the of the defensive line. That's what's what's a bit tricky about uh, Real Madrid's squad list for tomorrow. The fact that Mendy is not there and and Alaba isn't either. So. I can either see either Rudiger or Nacho playing in in that left side of the defense, but I'll go with uh, with Nacho there and maybe Vallejo with with Militao in the center. For the midfield, I think Chuameni will probably start his first game after the after the break with Camavinga, Ceballos. Eh. I'm not sure about the midfield actually because Valverde can use some minutes to increase his confidence, but on the other hand, he's probably too good for this game. Yeah, I'm not sure. Antote will probably start to Ameni Camavinga and Ceballos, even though Chuameni obviously had a, played a lot of minutes in the in the break. I think it's a good opportunity for him to to 
regain some confidence and fitness. And then I expect Hazard, Asensio, and, and maybe Arribas up front. I'll sign up for that. Hazard, of course, uh, had a goal in the Copa del Rey at this stage last year, did he not? Last season, yeah. Yeah. Not, uh, later, later in the later? tournament, I think. Yeah, yeah, okay. it was against Stelce, so it had to be a round of round of sixteen or even or even quarterfinals. I, I'm not sure when when that was, but it was against Stelce, so it's not possible that it was the round of thirty eight. It wasn't that early. Maybe round of sixteen or quarterfinals then. Yeah, yeah maybe. I remember. Yeah. I remember we were doing our podcast in Washington D.C. and he scored that. I remember that vividly. I'll, I'll never forget that Hazard. I think he rounded the keeper. It was from decently. Yeah, I think it was far out. Yeah. yeah, great goal. Um. I totally lost track of time. I wanted to watch the Liverpool game, which started five minutes ago. Do we have any concluding thoughts and or anything that stood out from you for from Carlos Presser that you wanted to, to sign off with? Not really. He he just mentioned very briefly that he was asked about the cross situation. He said that he is still the players are still considering it, but it would be crazy for him to to retire considering the way he's played so far this season. So I I would say that by reading what Ancelotti said and also by interpreting his his body language during the, the press conference and all that, I think he's uh, optimistic about Cross potentially staying for, for another season. And quite frankly, I would be too considering the way Cross has played so far this season. I think it makes no sense to retire this early in his career with so much fuel in the tank. I think obviously he wants to retire on top, but this is way too on top, in my opinion. <laughs> this is... This is too. It shouldn't. You shouldn't be allowed to retire this good. You should be. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's respect. Like the honestly, the thing is, nobody remembers if you re, if you decline and then retire like after. You know, like what we like ten years from now, fifty years from now, whatever. We're not going to remember Cristiano Ronaldo for what he is right now. We're going to remember his great years. Like right. No one remembers Michael Jordan and the Wizards. We remember him at right. the Bulls. No one like Cruz. Like forget about this stuff. We need you till the very last breath you have. So great on Carlo for putting the public pressure on. Let's pile it on. Exactly, yeah. Lucas, thanks for your time, my friend. You and I will be back on Thursday to answer yes, questions that come in in our mailbag over on patreon.com slash managingwijard. And if listeners want access to that, you get two bonus shows this week, one on Wednesday, one on Thursday, exclusively on Patreon, over on patreon.com slash managingwijard. Thanks for your time, Lucas. Appreciate you. Take Thank care, you, my Kian, friend. No problem. Talk soon. You too. Bye-bye. Peace. Thanks for listening, and before we wrap it up here, we wanted to give a quick shout-out to our patrons over on patreon.com slash managingmadrid, and specifically to our $10 plus patrons, because if you pledge $10 or more per month, you not only get access to everything and not only get guaranteed responses to your questions, you also get a specific shout-out at the podcast. So shout-out to our $10 plus patrons as follows, Brandon Alvarez, Willie Reed, Will Sousa, Way Pairing, Tobias Royal Bacher, Talab Salhab, Tahmid Kalam, Sushank Damala, Sujai Wani, Sumanchu Singh, Sheikh Hatiri, Shamil, Sergio Arispe, Santos Solorsano, Samuel Justin, Samar Z, Said Mahad, Sai Mohan, Sasi Kumar, Rodrigo Balmaceda, Rishi D, Phoenix, Peter Powell, uh, Paulo Fierro, Patrick Odayafari, Oscar Barrera, Nico Laxo, Nicholas Moeller, Nick Ribeiro, Mowgli, MJ Diego, Michael Zinberg, Marin Myrtle, Matthew Atkins, Martin Ridman, Magnus Lext, Logan Stahl, Leon Savernakis, Kunal Tilakar, Crystal Glass, Kevin Rivera, Jose Cruz, John Fernandez, Jason Fitz, Ian Marley, Graham Gerard, Gary Cohut, 
Frederick Rantakiro, Frederick Sunros, Faisal Hamdan, S.A. Davisito, Eloy Enriquez, Edward Sossman, Daniel Williams, Khan P., Christian Toth, Krishna Costa, Charles Williams, Brendan Powers, Brandon Stevens, Ashik Bashar, Arnab Mukherjee, Armand Gashi, Armando L., Anirudh Singh, Ananya Kumar, Azaz Hussein, Adrian Rios, Adar Zalukovic, Adam Dorsey, Varun, Fabian Moreno, and Daniel Smith. We love you guys so much. Thank you so much for your support. Thanks for being a part of this family. And Hala Marid. Sports Social Podcast Network.